This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. And we are back. I am Paul. And I'm Rich. And today we are discussing three stories from the 40th anniversary anthology collection thingy that was that was published in 2017 on the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars A New Hope movie release. And what what this anthology does is it takes various characters from A New Hope and gives them fleshed out little short stories for their characters. And so we did this we did we did two or three stories from this one on an earlier episode and we loved them so much. Yeah. that we thought we would just come back and do some more. Yeah. Um, so we have three more this time and I really enjoyed them. So maybe let's just jump in and get some get some quick summaries and then and then go for it. Yeah, do, do we want to like do summary and then discuss and then summary and then discuss and then summary and discuss or just Oh, good question. I mean, maybe no, let's do that. Let's do that. You want to do that? Okay. Let's do a quick summary discussion summary discussion and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, a, a little tale called The Red One. The Red One. And Richard, of course, has prepared a patented Rich Davenport summary. I'm actually going to have to get this patented now. Yeah. <laughs> the way you keep talking about it. So. <laughs> You're talking about The IP will be worth millions, dude. <laughs> millions of Bitcoin, which millions is of Bitcoin, like Which actually would be $6. Like, well, actually, that would be billions of dollars, technically. Really? Yeah. Bitcoin now is worth multiple thousands of dollars per Bitcoin really yeah <laughs> well i just happen to have some bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> makes you wish you did have some right <laughs> it does it makes me oh, i, yeah. I re- <laughs> yeah i should i should have jumped on that yeah bitcoin bandwagon okay so the red one the red one is the first one yes yes first story in a sand crawler on the dunes of Tatooine, astromech droid R5-D4 ponders his life. Imprisoned by Jawas for the past four years, the little droid has all but given up hope for being purchased by a new master. One day, he overhears the Jawas talking about a moisture farmer who is looking for an astromech, and he is energized. That night, however, the Jawas find another astromech, a newer one, a shinier one, a bluer one. R2-D2, who is clearly more appealing than R5 in every possible way. Every possible way. (laughs) Later that night, as the Sandcrawler makes its way to its sales call in the morning, R5 is awakened by R2-D2 trying to sabotage him. (laughs) R2 tells him that he has an important mission that he desperately needs to escape the Jawas, telling of the rebellion and the fate of the galaxy. R5 is unimpressed and determined to be sold in the morning. He is sold to Owen Lars and Luke Skywalker, but at the last minute and at the urging of R2, who tells him that R5 is his only hope, R5 begins to feel something, a sense of duty, perhaps. He fakes a malfunction in the hopes that the humans will see the other astromech, which they do. R5 is then returned to the Sandcrawler, where he later witnesses the Imperial Stormtroopers murdering the little Jawa scrappers. R5, having just joined the rebellion by his actions, leaves the Sandcrawler, a free droid, looking for a new master who will hopefully clean him up and repair him. What a nice little story this was. I picked this one because this is kind of exactly what we've been talking about. It's, got, it's actually got several of the things that we've been yeah. talking about. Like, it, he feels pain. This droid, this little droid, man, this little droid is this little droid alive. <laughs> he alive he, he is alive number yes. five r5 r5 alive. is alive <laughs> didn't even think of that oh, yeah. shit. r5 i mean r5 is definitely alive yeah in fact probably even more emotionally everything than any droid so far in all of the stuff that we've reviewed i mean that includes the han solo book where the droids are very like super emotionally alive yeah this one yeah. is even more like this is, this is like from the droids perspective yeah. You know, and, and just so many things. It was the whole thing was fascinating. I started digging into it and it's only about 10 pages long, but they yeah. really they really get into this idea, this ethos of of R5. You know, he's yeah. he's he's lost all hope, but then he gets yeah. a new hope. And he <laughs> finds out that you know Luke is or Luke and Owen Lars are looking for an astromech. 
and yeah. and he just he, he just bucks up and you know and he and, and then the, the jawas come in and they give him a little like you know they give him a little, a little spit shine with some lube shine. yeah they lube him up a little they lube know? him up a little bit and, and it's, to him he describes it as like the best feeling in the world right right yeah, That's, yeah. Oh, he man. feels that he feels yeah that. it was so it was so many like just my heart goes out to r5 the whole story yeah you know I was a little taken aback by the idea that that R two would sabotage him. I know. I actually that that moment, I was like, "Man, R two, <laughs> dude." But, but here's the thing: I started thinking about this. The rebellion has people doing things that they don't really want to have to do, like all the time. So why would R two be any different, right? Like yeah. Cassian Andor at the beginning of Rogue One, he like murders. He straight up murders that dude who's like, "I can't get up straight that ladder." Murder. Yeah, he's like, I can't get up that ladder. Cassie's, Cassian's like, it's gonna be okay. You're dead, right? So like, Holdo sacrifices Boy, herself. Fuck. I mean, so like, R two yeah. is just he's just part of the rebellion. He's part of the murder crew. Part of the murder crew. He's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to kill who he's got to kill. You got to. I mean, the orders come and you follow them. That ooh oh. This is not to oh. question why. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were only following orders. Oh shit! Uh oh! Oh shit! Well, we verged into some pretty sad territory. Ugh, well, we were having questions about the Jedi for a while there. I know. So maybe now, now we're are we taking the side of the Sith and the Empire here? Are we like self-converting to the dark side? I mean, in the, in the whole process of this. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a shirt that says Magneto was right. Just Dude, to cross, you know, cross paths. We are but... just like, I mean. We're sort of just like marching across that moral spectrum from one side <laughs> to the other, <laughs> only to find it's probably it's more of like a a Mobius strip, you know what I mean? Right, right, right yeah. That like y- you wrap around eventually, and it doesn't even it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, it, right? it's all going to come right back to the beginning yeah. of it all. So we're it's fine. <laughs> so something else I picked up on that I hadn't thought about before. Yeah, R two is like Chewy. Because R2, except for this story, which was like, it was like, it struck me that I, it hadn't struck me before. Right. Like R2 is always mediated by Luke or 3PO. Right. When he says things. Or even Ben at certain points. Or Ben. Yeah. Yeah. There's R2 doesn't get subtitles. R2 doesn't get voiceovers. He just makes it beeps and clicks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And other people say the things for him. So it was, it was sort of unsettling. But also, like you're kind of like, well, he should have like, when when R two says things in this right. story, I was like, that's weird. R two talks, although you know he can because he does it all the time, right? Right. So it has that chewy sense. Where if there was a story that had the Chewie's words written down, maybe you'd be like, you know what? We could it may, maybe there is shit. Now yeah. you kind of make me want to go looking. <laughs> but, but I would feel, but I would feel the same way about Chewie, right? Sure. If Chewie's words appeared in text, well, I'd be like, "Oh, weird! It's weird to hear Chewie's voice." Right. You know. One other thing about this story that I thought was pretty great is that there's a there's a hidden story there too, because this little droid knows something in his distant memory yes. banks yeah. about the rebellion. So, right. like, what's what's the droids? What's our five's story? Yeah, and you don't you don't find out. No, 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 no. But, yeah. but you, there's an echo there, right? Right. So like this, <laughs> this, this little this little anthology, like has a sub anthology somewhere else, <laughs> of other characters that it introduces, or it yes. talks about. Yes. That then get their own whatever stuff, right? That's fantastic. They need to so, maybe they need to make an anthology. Anthology. Uh, like an anthology anthology yeah that's just based on like dude. the shit that this thing picks up <laughs> dude that's what we should do that's what we should do is is <laughs> go, pick out, go pick out the characters from these stories that don't have their own fleshed out backstory and then, <laughs> and then we give them more i'm in man let's do it <sighs> because we could we could just publish that right on the facebook page we'll yeah that's true throw it up there just, let's just, <laughs> just lean fully into the fan fiction let's thing. do it why the hell not <laughs> eventually we're going to get seen by the right person <laughs> sorry i can't even sorry or subscribe to our only fans account <laughs> <laughs>
Ugh. Yeah, that's <laughs> maybe not. It's gonna get ugly. <laughs> so I, I think that this also plays a little bit back to you mentioned the Han, Han Solo novel. I said Han Solo, the Han Solo novel again. <laughs> and then I did say it. Um, Han Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> the. <laughs> but uh, you talked about the Han Solo novel and how the droids were in that in that book. And this kind of harkens back to that a little bit because he, like R4, R5, excuse me, was anticipating like a greater purpose. Yeah. Right? To yeah, be, that's to right. Be, yeah. To yeah. be kind of like a master, have a master who would fix him up and he'd be worth something. He'd be, know? have a, he'd have a function. He'd or have whatever. a function. Yeah. Oh man, that's right. So I really, huh. I really enjoyed the hell out of this. this yeah. This, this is a, short here. This is a nice tight little story. I like it. Cool. You got anything else you want to mention? About um, that one? Let's see. The only thing was a really interesting, weird little aside. This author's conception of the Jawas says that they use sense along with words. Oh yeah. To communicate. Yeah. Did wonder if three PO knew that? Like, does three PO since he's fluent in over six from six million forms of communication? Does he have like does he have like sniffer things on his body <laughs> that he can use to communicate with creatures that use sense to talk? Yeah, that's a damn good point. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. What what about what about creatures that use facial expressions to talk? I know. Three people like wouldn't the, be any worth a damn in that situation. I mean there's clearly there are more than six million forms of communication right. in, the, in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> so he should change his description to six million forms of verbal communication. Right. Verbal only communication. Verbal only, yeah. Yeah. Can't do scent, can't do facial expression, can't do touch because he's metal, you know. Although, if droids feel, because, I mean, you know, when you get all you lubed can, up, you can definitely feel it, right? Get it lubed up and feel it. And when there I get go. lubed up, I feel it, so. Yeah, that's just know, the way lube That's how works. lube works. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Totally. Let's, let's follow that crescendo right to our next story, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this one was an interesting one to have to um, summarize. I really, I really like this because we don't ever know who the character is, the protagonist is, and so I just, yeah. call, I just call the character. It's the protagonist. although, I, although I think, although I, th- I mean, you should, but anyway. So I think you, if you were to watch the films, you could pick out who it's supposed to be. Okay. Because, because as the character enters the interrogation room, the yeah. author gives them a side, like which side they stand on. Oh hell, that's you're right. So then if you were to watch the film, you could pick out. So it is a he then, right? I assume so. Because they were both, they were both, at least they looked male, which means yeah. nothing, but you know. Yeah. Well, for my purposes, for the purposes of, of creating this summary, I didn't give them a gender. Sure. I mean, it could I be genderless. Yeah, didn't yeah, give them know. a name, you know, so. Yeah. But please hit us with that patented Rich Davenport summary. All right, so this one is called Change of Heart. A member of Lord Vader's security force reflects on how they must offer absolute stoicism and unity when representing the Dark Lord. The narrator joins Vader as he as he interrogates the prisoner Princess Leia of Alderaan aboard the Empire's battle station, the Death Star. Once in the presence of the young, young senator, our protagonist begins to feel an infatuation with her, realizing that they are alike in many ways. The protagonist accompanies Leia to her audience with Governor Tarkin, who attempts to further interrogate Leia once Vader's interrogation fails. There, the protagonist sees the fire in Leia, her commitment, and her willingness to sacrifice everything to protect the galaxy from the threat of annihilation, even if that means the death of everyone on her home world. Having seen Leia's commitment, her beauty, and her confidence, the protagonist struggles with whether or not to tell Tarkin that Leia is clearly lying about the de- the location right. of the rebel base. In the end, they decide not to tell and spiritually join Leia in her rebellion against the Empire. I really, I really actually liked this because you I did too. The thing about the Empire is that they're so often faceless. Yeah. So, so it doesn't matter who this person is. It could have been anybody yeah right yep and and the fact that they found some sort of commonality with leia yeah is 
remarkable when you think about it because you've got i mean like we've like we've talked about before we've got a a whole group of we're the baddies and they don't really give a shit they're mostly hanses and not you know the other guys they're mostly the guys that are like whatever we've got skulls on our hats so big fucking deal let's go kill you know pew 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 exactly so to find this i mean you've got kind of another finn situation here yeah kind of at least brewing right and and you you gotta imagine that like actually you know what the empire is full of people like that it has to be yeah you know Mm -hmm. and and they're just like they just don't quite get the that finn level or this character level of like the push or whatever yeah i you've got people that maybe dissent but don't like actively dissent yeah you know what i mean like yeah. they're like well we gotta i gotta feed my family so gotta, yeah th- which is part of the insidiousness of any sort of big group that way right is that like right. yeah you know i i worked for big companies for a couple for a few years yeah and uh, one big company that i worked at like i didn't even think about it then but i, I know now that there are things that they do in in what they do in their business that i'm like i don't like that i don't like that but i i'd like i didn't even think of it and even if i had thought of it back then i'm not sure i I can't cop to the that i would like take a moral stand and i would have been like i gotta pay our rent yeah you know like which fucking sucks which i mean really we're wage slaves when you look at it that way when you're dealing when you're in a situation like that now obviously our situations are different now but yeah even back then i was working for you know insurance companies and they you know they don't want good things to happen they want things to god yeah (laughs) anyway Uh, so let's not get stuck there so i have some comments about grand muff tarkin oh yeah governor tarkin right so you do and i like i can't believe that as a kid i never caught this but he's actually a pretty brilliant guy you know the interrogation he gets further than vader does right in interrogating leia he's 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 more crafty and more deft with it and yet of course leia still manages to hide things from him but you know he mm-hmm. in the end he gets he gets some of what he wants right and he gets gets some information but you see the brilliance of the of the of the character and you also see just how just how fucking great peter cushing was yeah as that yes. guy like what a performance that was and yeah. i like I, I i kind of love how rogue one and then stories like this make me realize of course how brilliant it was even in a new hope how brilliant tarkin was in a new hope or peter yeah. Cushing as tarkin was in a new hope the other thing about Tarkin that I thought about, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right," is that just like Admiral Versio, Grand Grand Moff Tarkin was he was like a fifty year, like he's like seventy or something like that in the in the movie, oh, right? Yeah. So for like fifty years, he was part of the old Republic. Right. He wasn't an Empire guy. All these guys who like were part of the old Republic, and then just like right into Empire makes you realize just how corrupt the old Republic must have been well, to have all these slime balls just <laughs> slide right in right. and like sort of unshackle their morals and start doing things like blowing up planets. Well, that, or maybe the commentary is that, that there are no morals when it comes to war, whether you're on the side oh, of sure. the angels or the side of the devils. Yeah. So every every angel is a devil to someone, you know. Yeah, when it and comes to and war, I mean that, and that like that that fits with the, you know, the rebellion having to make bad choices too, right? Or unsavory choices, or however we want to put it, right? Yeah. Where I think if you put them both on a scale, you'd kind of see more evil from the empire, probably. Right. But it wouldn't be a perfect one hundred to zero tipping thing, right? There'd right. be. Like the the rebellion did stuff too. Yeah, it's a so, bit of yeah. a spectrum, really. Yeah, it it's, really is. Huh. I got the I got the sense that this story really gives you an idea of just how inspiring Leia was. I this dude like the first note I put on this story because I I happened to read it before I had like a thing to take notes on, so I read it and I and I kind of went through it again. Oh sure, yeah. But but the first thing I wrote down when I sat down to like write notes about it was Leia is the heart of the rebellion. 
Yes. Rebellion works because of Leia. Like eventually Luke might become kind of this like rock star face, mm-hmm. but like the rebellion works because of Leia. Yeah. The yeah. resistance works because of Leia. Like yeah. Leia, and I and we'll talk about this more in the next story, but like Leia is the princess of my heart here. Like <laughs> just continues to be in, as we do more stuff in and around the original trilogy films mm-hmm. just continues to make me go yeah leia yeah so awesome you almost feel like it was a missed opportunity to not yeah. utilize her more not that yeah. she was underserved but i mean so often she was damsel in distress you know we're not necessarily in distress but damsel for sure yeah especially you know she she shot her way out of the death star and she you know fought with the Ewoks, you know, and all yeah. that. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the post post OT mm-hmm. writers did a good job of capturing how oh, yeah. badass Leia is. Yeah. Um, well, we talked Zahn about for sure. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We talked about that when we were doing the, uh, the Zahn comics, right? I mean, she goes and crushes it in so many ways. She's mm-hmm. pregnant the whole fucking time yeah. and she's crushing it still. Like yeah. she's, just the best like yeah. and 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 you're totally right that 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 like this this story like her her inspiration capabilities are are part of what makes her so great because like people can watch her and be like you know what fucking right yeah i'm there yeah. Uh, viva la resistance you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like they see her and they're like they're like yep yeah. i'm a rebel now right you know? Right. Yeah. And that's interesting because she doesn't actually like, she's not giving speeches. She's, she's just, just like being who she is doing the things that she has to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And while she's doing these things, she's inspiring just through action, not, yeah. not through yeah. words, not through pretty speeches, but through action. Just, and just sheer fucking force of her everything. Force Ugh. of will. Yep. Oh, Leia. Yeah, princess, princess of my heart. I think we have the title of our episode. Princess of my heart. <laughs> this is this is the, the this podcast is capturing the the slow descent into Paul like buying body pillows with Princess Leia on them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's saying, you know, we can't get married in any fifth any of the fifty states yet. I, we're gonna bring this to the. Supreme Court or whatever, something just fucked up crazy like that, you know. <laughs> Think and, then we'll I, just... and then I and then I make the pillow nod, you know, like yeah, we can, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, just this whole thing will culminate with your wedding to the pillow. <laughs> By then, it'll be just worn out and falling apart, and the head part of it'll be flopping over because it's like my, losing my fluff. My life will be in shambles because I fell in love with the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will be the only thing i have left podcast <laughs> and the pillow of course right yeah the, the background will be just like my like you know just disgusting apartment or whatever that's just falling apart or and your crazy <laughs> writings on the wall not not like on paper on the wall but on the wall on like, the wall yeah yeah all the it's just this princess of my heart and like really <laughs> weird like awkward handwriting behind yeah. it Oh man, this is we're we're just at the beginning of this chronicle too. This will be, <laughs> this will make for a great Netflix special someday okay. about my descent into madness. Well, you know, I I actually <laughs> I have some things to say about Netflix. They'll pay anybody to make something, so like they'll buy they'll buy whatever. So this actually might work, man. This could work. <laughs> I think we need to approach them about our cheers thing. Yeah, <laughs> because let's face it, that could work too. That could work. We're, we're, we're leaving money on the table here at this point yeah, by I'm not propositioning Netflix. Fucking right, dude. <laughs> so I don't okay. have a whole lot to, more to say about this one other than that I, I love that it just it perfectly encapsulates Leia and her ability to inspire. And I have and I have one. I have, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I have I have one more bullet to add to that, and it's right on that point. This story reminded me of a song by incubus the song is called defiance and in it they call in the 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 songwriter calls defiance our most awakened inclination nice and that was it to me it was so great because it was 
it reminded that because Leia in her moments of defiance of Vader of Tarkin, that was what helped her inspire people to around her to, to, to join her was that defiance that even if there was a huge cost, she, she, if the Death Star hadn't blown up, she would have paid with her life. If she hadn't been rescued, she'd have paid with her life. But the prize, the prize of that defiance is like on a wing and a prayer, but the prize is eventually greater because the prize is a, her self respect for standing up for what she believes, but B eventually that defiance leads to peace and justice in the galaxy. And so this little, this little story here was like a sort of a microcosm of that, of that idea for me in the whole of, in the whole of Leia, who is of course the princess of my heart. That was fucking poetry, man. It rhymed. She's. <laughs> That's what you do to me, Leia. And then oh, I make the man. pillow nod. Make the pillow nod. I sure do. Shit, this is getting sad. <laughs> well, let's let's jump to the next story. Okay. Last one up is uh, there is another. Long in exile after the fall of the Republic, Jedi Grandmaster Yoda spends his days evading Imperial probe droids and trekking from the highlands to the lowlands of his adopted homeworld of Dagobah, depending on the season. Now it's getting hot again on the surface, and so Yoda again packs up his meager belongings, a cane that he used once for show, a teapot that was given to him by Obi-Wan Kenobi, and a blanket that was crafted from a cloak from his long-dead friend Qui-Gon Jinn, along with seeds from that he's going to plant when he arrives at his summer home. He makes to plant to plant and he makes his way to the swamps along the way. Yoda reflects on his time as a Jedi teacher and master, how he used to use his cane as a tool to teach younglings not to be betrayed by what their eyes see lost in reflection. Yoda is beset by Imperial probe droids who managed to get the drop on him. He manages to fend them off, but Obi-Wan's pot is lost and his Qui-Gon Jinn blankie is singed. Once, once nice. he arrives at his new residence, <laughs> once he arrives at his new residence, he is visited by Obi Wan Kenobi, now a Force ghost, who asks Yoda to once again teach. Thinking that Obi Wan wants him to teach Leia, Yoda immediately agrees. Upon learning that it's Luke who would be trained, Yoda protests. Luke is, after all, too much like his father. Using Yoda's own mantra against him, Obi Wan convinces the frail master to try. To, frame, to train Luke, calling Yoda a luminous being before disappearing, leaving Yoda in anticipation of becoming a teacher again, even if the student wasn't who he had expected. Had expected. Expect. This one was pretty good. This one yeah. was also pretty damn good. Yeah. I took the most notes about this one for sure. As did I. And I and I loved it. Yeah. I there were there were just there were big things and there were little things right yeah there was yeah the little things like like how yoda just kind of touches the force for certain things you know yeah. i loved that yeah yeah uh, and then there were big things like how 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 yoda's how yoda's inclination was like yes give me the give me a skywalker yeah leia please yeah right that's yep. the one he wanted leia right which oh who so doesn't so many right princess of princess of the jedi too princess um, of the jedi so many things about that so i guess here let me let me drop a question on you before we go, go into other details along this along these lines is is luke the better choice for jedi in the series or would leia have been the better choice to be like the jedi star of of star wars i think that Boy, that's a tough and, one. And give reasons for your answers, please. Oh, okay. Oh, With damn. No, reasons? No, Fuck, no, I have I've to gotta... back it up? <laughs> Do I need to submit a bibliography? <laughs> um, the I... little blue book is like behind you. Right? Whoa, how did it get there? <laughs> <laughs> I think that... God damn, that's a tough question. That's a tough one. Because I like so much of what we already have. Yeah. But then again, I'm not exactly afraid of what we could have had if Leia had been the centerpiece. Yeah. I think it would have gone a lot differently if Leia yeah. had been the centerpiece. Yeah. Because Luke was 
brash and irrational and emotional. Leia, while emotional sometimes, not in the middle of the fight, not yeah, in the middle not of the same any way of that. that. Luke was. Yeah. Right. Luke let his emotions get the better of him in in several situations. Yeah, yeah. Leia, I think Leia would have rolled with the punch of Vader being her father. Like if we right. just if we just take Luke out and plant Leia in into each of these situations, I think Leia would have been like, okay, fine, but I'm still gonna kill you. You know, I'm still or, gonna fight you because that's right. you're bad. Right, exactly. I, I think that the temptation to turn to the dark side wouldn't have even been there for Leia. When when it came to the Emperor tempting her with that, you know, like come yeah. come join me, we'll you know we'll rule. Leia Leia already had Leia, Leia would have been like fuck you exactly exactly. I'm a Jedi, right? I think it would have been a very different story. I Super don't think, different. Yeah, super I, different. I feel like Leia had already arrived at her destination, which was to be a leader of people, right. Right. Luke's journey was more of where do I fit into all this, mm-hmm. which, you know, and I think I, I just think that like narratively that would, that would, it would change so much of the story that yeah. it would be completely different. It completely unrecognizable, <clears throat> I think in certain situations, she'd, she'd almost be like a Mary Sue kind of thing then. Right. Cause <sighs> she'd be, she'd be like this, like super great Jedi, but also this like inspiring leader, right. you know, like the, the, the secret, the, the heart of the rebellion, all this kind of stuff. Like, right. You'd be like, wow, are you everything? I guess. Yeah. I mean, almost, I mean, too, perfect. Yeah. almost too perfect. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Although you would have the opportunity to kill Luke off to spur Leia's story on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flip yeah. that, flip that thing on its head, on its that head. Right? Script. Yeah. Not that Luke, not that Leia died to spur Luke on, but that's the trope, yeah. right? I mean, the idea yeah. of what they call fridging now women. Um, so, you know what I really liked about this story was that Yoda and Obi Wan kind of came at this from different angles. Like Obi Wan, yeah, never yeah. thought, yeah, Leia needs to be this one. Maybe, maybe Yoda's the short sighted one here. That actually was the thing I wrote down because as I was thinking about this question. I thought very much along the lines that you did in terms of Leia was so well suited for what she was to be the heart of the rebellion, to be a leader of people that maybe it was right that Luke had to, Luke had this sort of emotional journey of self-discovery and, and also maybe that like emotional brashness is, is like Anakin could recognize that from himself. Right. And so maybe, maybe that, bridges the connection but also what you just said kind of lit up a head thing in my head like yeah maybe it's better that like maybe obi-wan felt something when it came time to send the kids off to wherever and something tickled him in the force and said i need to be with this one and yoda maybe i mean maybe like you can sort of i don't know if it's good or not but you can you can kind of place some of the blame for the fall of the jedi with yoda because yoda was the grandmaster for hundreds of years so like he kind of bears some responsibility just in a general sense to the end of the Jedi. And like, maybe Yoda wasn't, maybe Yoda wasn't actually the best teacher right? because he trained so many Jedi and then the Jedi fell. I mean, you could, you could argue that I think. Well, I think, yeah, I think you could, I think you could argue that. And so maybe, and so maybe Obi-Wan was like, you know what? I'm following my gut here. The force, Mm -hmm. I think the force is tugging me toward Luke Mm -hmm. to be watchful for him. And to like, if the time comes, I'll, I'll, I'll train him a little bit or whatever and see what happens right yeah yeah because because obviously luke was the one that needed him more yeah because because leia was like she was given to royalty so right i mean well and she had her shit together too like luke always looking at the you know the clouds right oh yeah i mean i guess i was talking about like at the beginning when they were adopted oh sure yeah yeah but yeah same that's true same thing though yeah i'm gonna shift gears here do it. I loved the way that the author described Yoda's relationship with the force through items that he had. Yeah. Right. So um, good. He, he, okay. So I, I found the, the thing that I wanted to point out and I'm going to read this. Do it. It's talking about the blanket that he's got. That's made out of Qui-Gon's old cloak. 
And it yeah. says, uh, it says that sometimes one strong in the force might leave a hint of himself in what he had owned. But now so many years had gone by. If Yoda had felt a hint once, he felt it no longer. In other words, like, like Qui-Gon. I, I totally, since... I totally tracked on that post passage yeah. too, by the way. I love that. Yes. Qui-Gon had still been a part of that, but that's gone now. Even that, even that has now left Yoda. Yeah. Dude, I loved the the imagery of the items. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that. That's what a great touch that the cane started out as a prop. Yes. And then like only he, then he kind of aged into the prop, right? <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. Oh, so good. This, so this good. Was, yeah. I again, I think I have an affinity for like the force users. I know that we try to like get away from it and we do, we get away from it. We go, we explore other areas, uh, you know, of the, yeah. the star Wars universe, but we, I always seem to come back to that because I think I like the idea of the force and the idea of, I really do too. The, something, something more to the universe yeah. than just and that, you know, there's some great force language here, right? Too. So like, when Yoda feels feels some of the the, the calm of the force, the, the language says this, not the calm of a still night, but the calm of a sea that rose and fell with sureness and ease. Right. Like those are both things that are calm, but they're different things. Right. And that that gives you that that gives you that sort of emotional sense of here's what Yoda senses when he senses Obi-Wan in the force. Yes. And then when when he senses Anakin in the force hard and strong, pulsing fiercely, arrogance, darkness, and terrible, angry, despairing loneliness. What I've come to like about some of the, the force stuff is that it's is that it's not just like, oh, I can sense that there's a rock over there, but mm-hmm. like I can like that the force is giving you like emotional information about things yeah right the force from across the galaxy yoda can sense that anakin is terribly despairingly alone right and dark and has that air he can still feel that through the light years right through the whatever the force is giving him that emotional content of this other bright spot in the force you know that's it, it so much. like it's 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 beautiful it's dark but it's beautiful right like yeah the idea that and 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 yoda i think at one point yoda says or thinks that he may have at one point felt pity for anakin yes yes that that's gone the, now the, like, like at the moment at the moment that i think it was the moment that anakin or Vader killed Obi Wan, right? Oh, it, yeah. It was. It was yep. just that. It's just that much greater loneliness. Like yeah. because Obi Wan Kenobi is one of the one of the only things left of Anakin Skywalker that Anakin knows about. Right. Right. In the moment, and then he killed him. So even though he has this hatred, he also has this like. But you're still part of me, right? So Anakin kills Obi Wan, and he feels the pain. He feels like I'm even more alone now. I'm totally alone. That and it and also it also makes that like that that's maybe that's another reason that Luke can bring him back, right? Yeah. Because 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 recognizing that you have a son and he's out there sort of seeking you out, that's a a salve for that loneliness. Like I'm not alone. Right. Somebody's reaching somebody's reaching for me for Anakin. You know, not just fearing Vader, but reaching for Anakin. You have to bottom out before yeah. you can get back up, right? Yeah. Fuck. And then, and okay, so if, if Obi-Wan, if killing Obi-Wan was Anakin bottoming out. Yeah. Ooh. God yeah. damn it. This just, this just adds Ugh. another layer of depth to all of this. Like... Vader killing Obi-Wan wasn't just Vader striking down his old teacher. This was, this was an emotional thing for him. And of course he's not, he's not going to show it. Right. No. And, Hmm. and like Vader may have believed that this act could finally stamp out Anakin, but Anakin survived that act. 
You know what I mean? Like Anakin, Anakin Skywalker still felt, according to this story, right? Sure. sure. Anakin Skywalker still felt something when Vader killed Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, I do, I disagree, do like that. Disagree, disagree, or, or, or follow. I, I see the, I see the quizzical look on your face. So no, no, no. I'm starting so, to think about like, I'm starting to think about the sequels now and how Kylo Ren kills Han and that, that follows him. Like dad's never really gone. Dad's still there. Dad still haunts him. So I'm wondering, cause this, this came out after, Force after Awakens. Force Awakens, this book. So yeah. I'm wondering if this wasn't like they weren't like maybe saying like oh connecting some dots. Yeah, here. maybe throw a little bit of something, huh. throw a little bit of shade in there about you know Vader, you know maybe feeling a little something more for killing Obi Wan than what was previously known. Does that yeah. matter to you? Like if they backfill that, does that matter to you? Does it give that less weight if their intention is to make something new feel like it's like it's connected more to? something that's older i don't do you mean do you mean that do you mean that in terms of uh in terms of what the original filmmakers of a new hope yeah yeah like, what they like, did and then and then all of the stuff that followed and then and then of course force awakens and these things adding things to it that the original filmmakers may not have ever intended right I, I think more like more like the intent there is to try and make it rhyme more you know what i mean like going to back try to, and to try to make verse you know <laughs> to, to try to make force awakens rhyme more you mean or, or maybe what? to yeah to like legitimize force awakens maybe more you know what i mean like oh does that matter to you like i don't know about legitimize but i certainly i certainly tracked some of the things about force awakens that were like wow okay so are we making are we remaking new hope with different characters here right yeah some of that stuff Mm-hmm. that i that i thought was upon reflection because my first time through force awakens i was like oh i love these new characters i love these new characters yeah. finn I, I had high hopes for finn yeah fuck, fuck you jj for of, killing finn off i know the killing the character in in a certain way killing that off and ray of course i felt this great affection for ray even kylo ren i felt uh, uh i was like what's his deal you know what i mean like yeah. i had all these great and all these great things like that but then giant planet killing base <laughs> destroyed by a weak point somewhere in it like weird flying through trenches for, like i was like man come on jesus where have i you know? seen this before yeah <laughs> that but the flip side is that while that is a little bothersome but not enough to not enough to make me like angry but just like oh, right guys but things like this where us reading this story and then this author coming up with this like like further nuance to that that moment of of vader killing obi-wan kenobi that doesn't bother me okay like i like i like when i can reach back to something and discover more in it sure yeah. right mm-hmm. even if that's even if that was never intended to be there right because i think art art necessarily brings yourself to the thing mm-hmm you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if the first time I had seen Star Wars, a, a New Hope was when I was 25, I would have had a, an entirely different experience than when I saw it when I was, I don't know, eight or, eight or nine or whatever my first time seeing Star Wars right. was. But that's, that's okay. Like that's, that's just art. That's just right. the way it is. I'm, I'm glad that I can bring me to it and then other people can bring themselves to it and give me more, right? This anthology set gives me more to love and appreciate in a new hope and that doesn't make me mad that makes me glad i'm happy for it nice okay but but when but when the when the artwork just takes the things from another thing and just does them again that's a little ugh, you know yeah yeah right? yeah that makes sense for, for me anyway sure yeah Great moment. I think you mentioned it. Um, Obi-Wan says to Yoda, I seem to remember an old master of mine who liked to say something about trying. (laughs) Nice touch. Very good. Oh, I like the luminous beings thing. Like he asks me, am I ugly to you? And he says, no, I see a luminous being. And then he kind of fades away. And it's like, 
that I've always loved that line. Like luminous beings are we, luminous not this beings. crude matter. I just, I that's yeah. that is my one of my favorite Yoda lines of oh. all. It's right up there with the uh, "We are what they grow beyond." Yeah, from last Jedi, oh, which yes. I think is probably my top Yoda line. Mm. I know a lot of people will be like, "No, try not do or do not." Right? Okay, sure, but they did that again in in Karate Kid. You know, I mean, there's, there's yeah. everybody says that one, but yeah, but I think that I think those are probably a couple of my two favorite, a couple of my favorite lines there from Yoda. Yoda says, and I forget the context, but I wrote down the quote. He says, mourn them, do not miss them. Do not yeah. rejoice for those who transform into the force. And then a little bit later, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Mm-hmm. Like th- that right there is like little bits of Jedi wisdom that the story of Anakin Skywalker proves to be not the best actual advice like and the story of luke proves to be not that the best actual advice luke luke didn't let go of the things he feared to lose and that's exactly what saved those things that's exactly what saved everything right was not letting go was was going tighter on the things you fear to lose like embrace what you love you know i mean i've been i've been watching shira the new shira with eleanor there's a new shira there's a new shira and it's very Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, like the love of the, her friends and like, and all that stuff is kind of what saves everything in the end. Okay. And, and throughout the whole story is, is what saves things. And it's sure. so, it's so great. It's so, it's so Buffy. It's so Luke in Empire Strikes Back. It's so, don't run away from the things you love. Don't run away from the things you fear to lose. Go take a hold of them. That's like. It's the most important thing in the universe to 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 defend what you love and and all that stuff. It it harkens to to what Ro- to my favorite line in the sequels, which is what Rose says to yes. Finn. Don't destroy what you hate. Save what you love. Right. And that's like that's the epitome of what the good guys do, eventually, if not right away. Right. Yeah. That's oh, yes. so. That, anyway, all that little business there. Just just swirls in my head all the time anytime i see it in anything star wars or otherwise like, like sure. I said, shira if you yeah. get a chance watch that new shira stuff it's it kind of has that heartstring tugging thing going on nice. with it. you had me at buffy i'm a i'm a huge it's, buffy fan so it's 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 like it's got buffy written all over it. it's got like it's got it's got shira's best guy friend is like an awkward dude just like xander nice right Shira's best girlfriend is like a little short magician type person, just like Willow, like other princesses, just like, you know, they had other slayers at the end right? or faith, you know, throughout like all these things, very Buffy-esque and all these things where it's not just Buffy slaying, it's Buffy and everybody slaying or Shira and everybody winning. Right. right? So anyway, I'm just going on about this and this is not Star Wars, but it has that thing to it. Nice. Nice. (sighs) said my piece <laughs> so yesterday i got to uh, appear as a guest on a another podcast secret friends unite podcast with todd oxtra and charlie carden and they are fantastic I give them a listen and uh, these guys they talk about everything geek paul they talk so about like general purpose geek like general purpose geek yeah they they talk they talk geek news they talk movies and tv shows that are coming out that show's fantastic. It's got a lot of variety. Had a great time talking to them. So I just wanted to give them a shout out because they they were very it was very it was a very interesting experience. Dude, that's awesome. Like yeah. add my shout out to that. Shout out to you guys and I'm totally going to listen to that when it comes out. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we will definitely uh, pimp that podcast. <laughs> pimp that pod. <laughs> so but we got to okay, so we got to come to yeah. a decision here. We got to come to a we need to come down to two options. So, okay, so we're What did what did we what lost last time? Uh oh, it was uh oh, it was Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Okay. Return of the Jedi. So Return of the Jedi. Or And I'm just going to throw this out there. You fucking I mean, go ahead. <laughs> How about The Last Jedi? Ooh. We've been we've been talking about it for a while and then there's a are we ready? Are we finally ready to delve into Sequelville? And do we start with the we do we start with the best of them? 
or that's tough. Yeah, I know. If you want to veto it, veto it, and we can. I need to. I think I need to veto it because okay, ROTJ is like core to me. Gotcha. Like right, because if if I was like, hey, let's do Empire, you'd be like, well, I don't know, Empire is like my favorite of the fucking everything, right? (laughs) You know. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'm emotionally ready for. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi yet. Okay. So right. Return right. of the Jedi is okay. still one. What about... Oh, the Darth side. The that Darth blog side. Oh, yeah. I told you about. I have that somewhere. Nice. Okay. And we, it's, I think it's still on the internet, too. Let me just double... Let me just, let me just Google here a little bit. Yeah. I'd be totally down with doing that. I would, I would be totally down with doing that. Yes. Darth side, DarthSide.blogspot.com. The Darth Side, Memoirs of a Monster. Memoirs of a Monster. I love it. <clears throat> and of course, it's a blog, so you have to read it in reverse order. Right. Yes. So oh, yeah. Just, just to make sure you do that. Now, you said that this was this was a blog that he was doing as... Um, it's as Darth Vader. Right. Leading up to the end of Return of the Jedi. That's what it is. Leading up to the end of yes. Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yep. I'm in. I, see, I think okay. we got our flip. Okay. So let's do... Heads, what's what's heads? Well, last time heads was the one that had lost, so I think heads should be Return of the Jedi this time. Return of the Jedi. Yep. Tails is the Darth side. Okay. Darth Vader is the Darth side. Darth Vader is the Darth side. We hereby let the Force decide. The result is heads. Ooh. Which means we're doing Return of the Jedi. Return of the Teddy Bear. I mean the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's where we're going to go. We're going to do Return of the Jedi next time on Great Disturbances. (laughs) See you later, cats and kittens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That that bitch, Sheev Palpatine. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later!